right, everybody, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So, um, oh boy, last week I did an episode about how surgery day was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen on the 100th episode, and uh, how I had to go pro se in that whole thing. Well, right after I recorded that episode and put it out, I get an email, and the email says that I have, well, it was from my Nexus lawyer, um, to the court saying, when can the motion be heard all the way back from October? And if you remember, I had, I had a motion that was pending from October. And at the time, like, you know, my Nex was bitching and complaining about the podcast and stuff like that. That's not really a point of contention. So I'm not so worried about the podcast. You know, she's not going to cancel me or anything like that. Um, but it was mostly about finances. And um, going back even farther than that, I think it was uh, either August or September of 2022. And man, I looked back in the episodes that I've done, and I think it was like an episode 30 something. And I did mediation with my next. And at the time, I was represented by a different lawyer. Now, that lawyer you know, they didn't know about my podcast. They didn't really internalize my story. They didn't look at me like a human being. They looked at me like a number on the invoice. And um, they were just thinking about the money that they can get out of me. Well, if you remember that prior lawyer, in one fell swoop, I charged $20,000 to my American Express card and paid that lawyer for eventually to get out of the case because I just wanted to go to mediation. They knew I ran out of money and we had to go to mediation. Okay. During mediation, um, we talked about, you know, I've mentioned on this podcast, I used to have like this dilapidated house that was all fucked up. Um, I had a car that my next night both mutually paid 50% for. Um, and during mediation, my, old lawyer basically told me like just get through it and get the fuck out and they were pressuring me to sign for mediation basically because it was like they knew they weren't getting paid and they just wanted to get out right shortly after that is when my next filed the second restraining order so when she filed the second restraining order and my my lawyer took me through mediation they're like oh no i'm out and they put their tail between their legs and they bailed out and shortly after that, I found Blady. Okay. Now here's the thing. That's, that's a little bit of the backstory, but so I had court this week for a motion to enforce the mediation statement. Now, the problem is, is that I don't have any money. <laughs> I'm broke as a joke. And, uh, you know, like the, the mediation basically was to enforce the fact that my next gets the house. She wants back pay for all different kinds of finances um you know like there's a, there's a point when i got additional overnight visits through the court and you know my child support is supposed to actually go up even though i've gotten overnights with my kids my child support is supposed to go up because it's supposed to counterbalance like my salary with my next is just slightly more than my next salary. So to counterbalance daycare, I have to pay additional in, in child support. Um, 
and which is counterintuitive. Most times with child support, it goes down with more overnights. So I'm just giving you guys some backstory on what's going on with this motion. So anyway, my next knows that after going back to the whole DD case that I'm going pro se, she knows that the DD case is coming and now I'm pro se and I'm prepared to go through with the DD trial. So in a very strategic manner, her lawyer messaged the court and said, when will the motion be heard? Um, now, I also mentioned in the last podcast that they're holding the DV case as a bargaining chip. They admitted to doing it last time in DV court. Um, they said they would have dropped the DV charges, but they're not going to do it until I play ball on the settling the marriage, settling the divorce, um, which that's been the whole point of this thing for the last two years. So anyway, I, uh, I prepared really, really, really well to go into this motion hearing. I took great notes. I had responses for everything. I was, it was funny, like the night before court, I went out and I like went for a long walk and I'm the kind of person who can multitask. So I had like, you know, my rah, rah uppity music in my head and I'm like studying my notes at the same time like all the kinds of things I was going to say and uh, I felt really prepared I felt really good about it so the next morning I get to court um, you know I check in in the lobby and uh, you know they bring me into the court and the funny thing is is that you know a lot of times on this podcast I've always made fun of my next for the way she dresses in court like she always wears these long, you know, flowery dresses and tries to look all innocent and shit. Well, congratulations to my next because she finally bought a power suit and she actually dressed appropriately for court. So because I know you're listening, you know, I know you're taking my advice because, you know, you're listening to the podcast. And, you know, another funny thing that I've noticed is that my next, when she gets to court with her lawyer, is... My next goes, which has irked me this entire trial. She goes into the quote unquote victim's room, which they need to rename that to the plaintiff's room. Um, While my next attorney goes and sits somewhere else. It's like my next attorney can't even stand to sit with her pre-court time because nobody can stand my next. Um, It's little context things that I, I pick up on on that, but the power suit and my next's lawyer won't even sit with her. I don't know. Anyway, I just think it's funny. You know, I, I also found, um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I found that my next has a murder account. It wasn't really the murder account, uh, but I found her following me on Instagram. So I guess all, uh, you know, alleged abused people go and follow their alleged abuser on Instagram. Um, but anyway, I found her and I blocked her. Um, but I know she's listening to this podcast. So... Uh, she took my advice and got a power suit, which I thought was really funny. Um, so we get into court and, uh, you know, they speak first about all these things that they want to uphold. And they also want like back pay for child support from when I got additional overnights, which is like ridiculously counterintuitive. Um, but so I, you know, I had all my notes prepared and the judge turns to me and says, listen, you know, Mac, I, I, I know that you are now pro se, um, but I expect you to know the law. And uh, I said, you know, 
You know what's funny? The lawyer, the judge also said, you know, Mac has been represented by two prior attorneys. So I have no question that he's probably, you know, uh, conversed with his prior representation. I just shook my head. I was like, nope. No. I mean, I feel pretty prepared here, you know, because all I have to do is all I have to do is look at the motion for what they are requesting or demanding. And uh, and I have what I have ready. And uh, so I said, Your Honor, I just have a couple of things to say. It's only going to take me less than a couple minutes. May I remain seated? And she said, yeah, no problem. And I start going into it and I start like revealing the finances. And the judge is like, let me stop you. I don't care. And and basically, I was like, she basically told me, she's like, I don't care about the breakdown of finances. And she's like, you know, essentially, she goes, you signed this mediation statement. And it's funny, in big black letters across the mediation statement, it says in big black bold letters, this is not a, a uh, like binding document. This is not to be used in court as evidence. It says in big bold letters, right? And, the, and I mentioned that in my response to the motion. And the judge said, you know, you tell me this, but also then there's a lawyer. I mean, I'm sorry, there's a letter from the mediator that says that this isn't a binding contract until it's signed by both people. And I'm like, I tried to get into how I signed this under duress, under coercion, and she didn't want to hear it. And basically, like, she was just, I think because I went pro se. Well, first of all, my Nexus lawyer, this is not her first rodeo. In fact, this is not her first time in the court with this specific judge. The judge and my Nexus lawyer know each other. And that certainly works to their advantage. The other thing is that, and I know my Nexus lawyer is listening, you have a as many split personalities as my next does, you play a certain game in front of the judge. And then I'll get to this a little later, but when you're away from the judge, you're a completely different person. Um, it just seems like you just want to shove your nose up the judge's ass and, you know, be a little kiss ass, which I totally get. I mean, all is, all is fair <laughs> in love and war. I get it. Um, but the judge was buying my nexus lawyer's bullshit. So a major point of contention was that they wanted to recalculate child support dating back from when I got additional overnights with my kid. And the judge said, would you be willing to go in a side room with the nexus lawyer and work this stuff out um, about child support? So I said, yeah, sure. And it was my position to stay relatively quiet. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm sure I came off very nervous in the whole thing. And I'm not going to lie that I was nervous, um, but I'm not dumb. And and my Nexus lawyer is like, got like the child support guidelines in, in front of me. And she's pointing at this and she's pointing at that. And we also had a law clerk in the room with me. And the Nexus lawyer was fuck, screaming her head off. You know, like, I don't know if those, you know, witness rooms or, you know, whatever rooms, interrogation rooms, I don't know if they're soundproof, but holy fuck, this lady was screaming. And 
imagine like somebody's trying to explain something to you and it might as well had a megaphone in front of your face. And at a certain point, I just, I just looked at her. I was like, you need to stop screaming, calm down. And she looks at me and she goes, don't tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, you're going to stop screaming at me. I'm not going to sit here and let you scream at me. I'm not stupid. I understand what you're saying. It's just impossible to listen to somebody who's screaming. I don't know. Maybe she needs anger management or something, or I don't know. Maybe I need a TRO, but um, she's just fucking annoying. And uh, she's, you know, the judge is really pushing us to have a global settlement. A global settlement meaning the divorce. She said on the stand, she goes, I could have you divorced by the end of the day. And I looked at her and I'm like, I just shook my head, you know? So, my next's lawyer and I, while we were in the room, she said, you know, is there going to be a settlement here? And I go, oh, no, definitely not. And so she's like, okay, well, we should go back in there and we should let the judge know before the lunch break. And I was like, of course, it's a little kiss, kiss ass. Uh, you know, let's go back in. So um, we go back in, we tell the judge there's going to be no resolution, right? And so my next court date for the DV case is February 20 excuse me, February 22nd and February 23rd. Well, so the judge said, when's your next appearance? And we said then. So she rescheduled a follow-up appearance for an uncontested divorce on February 22nd. Okay. Uncontested. Now I told the judge, I said, don't I have the right to basic discovery? Don't I have the right? And she goes, what discovery? And I was like, bank accounts, like salary statements. Her lawyer showed me her W-2 from 2023. So I see how much she made, but she has other accounts with her dad. You know, you've heard from Pleasantville mothers that they pay her under the table. Um, I know that she has additional bank accounts. And I don't even, the judge goes, what kind of basic discovery are you requesting? I was like, basic discovery, Your Honor. Bank accounts. Like, I don't understand. Why am I not getting that? And I really think it's just because there's trying to strong arm me into a divorce. Now, so I left that. It says so they rescheduled it and the judge said, good luck. She looked at me and she said, good luck, back." And I looked at her and she didn't mean it condescendingly or anything like that. In fact, I really, really, really like this judge. I really like this judge. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't feel like she's making a mistake. And the judge... Here's the thing. If we're just working out finances about a house and a car, right? So, listen, I have a lot of good friends. And uh, it's almost like I take counsel in my friends. And I... And I can listen to people's point of view, right? And I know a lot of people who said, listen, I was in a divorce. I walked away from a lot of money. I walked away from a lot of security and I'm better off. And they're telling me this after I got out of court and I, I told some people about the story and they're telling me, you know, I walked away from a lot and I understand that. And if this was just about house, car, pensions, 401ks, you know, debt, whatever, I could be okay. What the judge is failing to understand is that I had 
two false restraining orders put on me, removed from my home, at the expense of my two young children. The person who would do that is mentally ill. If this divorce is just going to be finalized because Mac doesn't get a house and a car, I can't, can't wrap my brain around And as I sit here and I talk, I feel really let down by or by the judge, by the justice system. These kids are not they're going to suffer. They're going to suffer unless the actions of the next are made right. And you know, I just feel forced into settlement. Um, and the thing is, too, that there's a pending DV trial. And that pending DV trial should influence the divorce. And it is so within the realm of possibilities. I've been talking about this within a lot of people. The restraining order was used as a bargaining chip for the divorce. Now, I have a feeling that if this divorce, we go back. So literally in the same day, we have the DV trial and the divorce in the same day. I am of the opinion that the next will drop the restraining order as soon as the divorce is over because she doesn't need a bargaining chip. She's, she's listening to this podcast right now. She knows what I have. She's tried to string along having to be cross-examined for the longest time. And she's such a coward that she's not going to go up on the stand if there's no payoff. What does she think the payoffs would be? That I'm going to get a final restraining order against me? There's no world in which that happens. So, I'm having a really hard time. I came home yesterday and having been told by the judge that she scheduled us for an uncontested divorce, I got super fucking upset yesterday. Um, I don't know what's my deal lately. So, buddy, I don't know. I mean, I'm going somewhere with this story. I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie uh, Garden State with Zach Braff who was from that show Scrubs. Um, but I watched this movie Garden Seat, which is one of my favorite movies the other day. And it's all about this guy who's just getting numb. And it made me realize that I feel really numb all the time. I really do. Like, even if I want to cry, something inside my body doesn't push the tears out. And I guess it's because I've put on a strong face for so long and just kind of dealt with it. But um, yeah, I just, I got out of court yesterday and I came home and I think because I was so blindsided by what happened and stressed out that um, I got this. It's called an ocular migraine. And basically, essentially, like I saw the iris of my left eye is like blinking like a light. Essentially, I go blind to my left eye and I had this migraine. And, you know, we all know that there's physical symptoms of, of narcissistic abuse. And I haven't gotten one of these ocular migraines since I was in the home. And uh, I got one yesterday 
And after I get these migraines, um, you know, I have to drink a lot of water. I have to take some Advil. And then once the, uh, the migraine's gone, I have a horrible, horrible headache. And I'm literally so exhausted that I can't keep my eyes open. So um, I got home yesterday and I felt so stressed. And, um, you know, I just kind of sat in the dark and I wanted to cry and I couldn't cry. The whole thing is, is that like, do I want to get divorced? Yeah, of course I want to get divorced. You know, I want to get divorced. I really do. I just, I think that like if I, you know, I shared a story the other week, right? That my next said that she won't bring the kids to pick up for my court scheduled visit unless I tell her I'm coming during bad weather, right? If I just like settle for this divorce now, this is the kind of shit I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. And then like, you know, she doesn't bring the kids to my visit. I go get the cops and, you know, then what? Who Who is there to show the police report to? Um, It really pisses me off how cunning and deceitful these narcissists are. And um, her lawyer is, man, just, what's the opposite of salt of the earth, you know? Like, just a, a person, just, you know, listens to his podcast, knows that she kidnapped the kids, false restraining orders, and just keeps defending her. I mean, it's just disgusting, but um, karma, karma's coming. Um, and luckily, that's not in my hand, you know? But, no, man. So now, I'm three weeks away from the DV trial on the same day as potentially analyzing the divorce. And I want to be happy about it, but I feel like what the fuck was the last two years for? What was this for? What, what was all this documenting for? What was all this fighting for? If it's just about a stupid house and a car and like 401ks and pensions, I mean, I never got to prove I was never given the opportunity or I, my rights were not upheld to show what my next did to these kids. And it's a really jagged pill to swallow. And I'm feeling really let down feeling really let down and um i posted something on instagram and i said have you ever felt forced to settle a divorce without wanting to you know it's funny i've been in court enough times right let's say i go back in three weeks and i've been in court enough times where they ask the people are you entering this by your own volition are you being coerced um, is anybody in your ear telling you to do this? Anything like that? And they ask you these questions to get a genuine answer, right? And I told the judge, I signed this mediation statement under duress and she didn't want to hear it. So you think I'm going to sign a divorce under duress? 
I'd like to think I learned my lesson. I don't want to walk away from my children's safety just because the judge wants this off the docket. And um, I know they see a lot of cases. I know they see a lot of cases way worse than mine. I mean, my next wants to act like she's a DV survivor. She's not. But I'm sure there's horrible cases in in the courtroom of, you know, probably kids being kept in cages and beaten and fucking starved and shit. I mean, my next has nothing. She has nothing on me. And, um, be a problem. False DV claims, false calls to DCP, DCPMP. There's gotta be some recourse for it. So, what I want to, you know, what I want to say is, if they want to act like, I want the court to tell me that if I say to the courts, I had two false DV charges on me, removed the home from my kids, my kids were kept away from their parents, DCPMP calls, tell me you don't care about that. Tell me you don't care about the well-being of my children and I'll sign this stupid divorce. Tell me you don't care about my kids and I'll sign it. Because that's what you're telling You're telling me you don't care about my kids. So if you don't care, then okay. Then I'll accept that. And you know what? I'll move on because you didn't help me anyway. But the courts are failing people. And it's not just me. It's not just me. The courts are failing a lot of people being falsely accused of things all over this country. And you're not helping. You're not. So it's a tough, tough pill for me to swallow. I'm really struggling with it. Um, you know, I've I've had this really almost like a I don't want to say an outer body experience, but like an inner body experience. Like I just feel I can't formulate a thought or words or anything. It shouldn't just be over. There was a lot of harm done. And somebody's responsible for that. So I guess that's it, man. I'm just frustrated. Um, I'm emotionally, emotionally spent. I almost can't even think straight. So um, I guess that's it for now. Uh, I'm three weeks away from the next trial date for the DV date. And uh, let's see if my coward of a next goes and drops the DV charges. Because she is a coward. Um, and I can see her doing that. So um, I guess we'll see. But I guess that's it for now, guys. Until next time, everybody.